all three vocations and youth that help. And so it's just a wonderful day. Reading is from Joshua chapter 3, verses 14 through 17. When the people set out from their tents to cross over the Jordan, the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant were in front of the people. Now the Jordan overflows all its banks throughout the time of harvest. So when those who bore the ark had come to the Jordan, and the feet of the priests bearing the ark were dipped in the edge of the water, the waters flowing from above stood still, rising up in a single peak far off at Adam, the city that is beside Sarathan, while those flowing toward the sea crossed over opposite, I'm sorry, while those flowing toward the sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea, were wholly cut off. Then the people crossed over opposite Jericho, while all Israel were crossing over on dry ground. The priests who bore the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stood on dry ground in the middle of the Jordan until the entire nation finished crossing over the Jordan. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. recently was watching a program, a video about Route 66. And uh, anybody ever traveled a long way on Route 66? Right. It's, uh, we've been talking for a couple years about, about the possibility of taking a road trip, you know, like towards Chicago and, and just taking a couple weeks out on the road. And I keep having to ask Melissa, are you crazy? Are you not? Because she means with all the kids, not just her and I. <laughs> but Route 66 is something certainly all of us uh, should experience in our life. Uh, the program that I was watching was about um, the starting point in Chicago. And so they were in the Windy City and they, um, they were talking to the owner, manager of the restaurant, Lou Mitchell's, a little diner called Lou Mitchell's. That, has anybody ever been there? Lou Mitchell's. Yeah, Curtis, you in the back? All right. Well, evidently, it's a, it's a landmark. Um, you know, for one of the reasons, it's the beginning of Route 66. Um, so lots of people come there simply uh, to start their journey uh, along that famous highway. Um, but back in, uh, back in time, they started serving uh, or giving. As you come, came into the restaurant, they would give you a donut hole or some donut holes for free. And that's enough to get me into a restaurant. That, that's for sure. And they would give boxes of milk duds to all the women and children. Do they still do that, Curtis? And yeah, yeah, still do that. All right. So all these famous people have gone to, to Lou Mitchell's. Um, but what struck me was when they interviewed her, she said this. She said, you know, people will come running in the front door. They'll come running up to the hostess and they'll say, a table for two, please. And if she's there, what she does is she says, slow down, slow down. You might be rushing through life, but in here, in my restaurant, it's still 1957. <laughs> Can I get an amen? Amen. She got the simple life. She gets the simple life. 
All through this month, we've been trying to encourage ourselves and to remind ourselves um, about the value of trying to live more simply, to have some clarity, some movement, alignment, and focus in our lives, in our scheduling, in our relationships, in our finances, and ultimately, and on the foundational level, our relationship with God, having some focus. Do you know who else got the simple life? It's a clue. Patty just read about him and from his book. Who else got the simple life? Were you brief to re-listen? Joshua. Joshua. Alright, what a trick question. Joshua. Joshua, son of Nun, uh, got the simple life. And here's how I know why. Because the people had been in the wilderness for 40 years. Remember, Moses had led them um, with the Exodus. God had delivered them. Um, but they didn't go straight into the promised land. They had been wandering around the wilderness, complaining and developing the family life together, together for 40 years. Yes. Ups and downs in terms of their faith, ups and downs in terms of their life together. For 40 years, looking towards the promise, trying to find the promised land, trying to be delivered to it. And so all of a sudden, they can see the promised land. They're at the banks of the river. 40 years, and they can see it. And you know what Joshua did? You know what he made them do? Stop and wait three more days. Yeah, that's more like 1957. It's not 2016, I can guarantee you that. Because you know what? If I would have led you or Pastor Melissa would have led you to the banks of the promised land, all we had to do was cross a little old river. Melissa grew up on the river, half her life with her pat. Um, and so you know what we would have done? There's lots of things we would have done. We probably would have tried to figure out how many times we could cross back and forth. Like we go across. Oh, wow, we're in the promised land. Wait a minute. I forgot we had a soccer game. So let's run back. We cross again. Oh, wait, I forgot. I got to take grandma to the doctor. Go across again. We swim back. Oh, wow, milk and honey. Wait a minute. I got to go back for my Coke Zero. Right? Or, or we say, wow, Joshua says, all we have to do is follow the ark. Keep our eyes focused on the ark. The ark's going to lead the way. And as the ark gets led across the river, it's going to give us some dry spaces to walk. Wow, that's simple. Well, here's my response to that. Let's form some committees. And let's figure out what's the best place to cross the river. What's the best equipment to take with us? How much is it going to cost? Are we going to run out of money before we get across the river? Well, she can't swim, but he can. We have a hole in the raft. Let's have another meeting. Let's agree to be next month. That sounds like church, right? Church life can be complicated, too. But no, Joshua got the simple life. And he knew, just like the manager at Lou Mitchell's, that the journey is the destination. The journey 
is the destination. So 40 years of wandering was all part of the journey. Three days of waiting patiently to cross into the promised land was part of the journey. In fact, when they cross over into the promised land, the journey's not over. They're going to be in movement for the rest of the biblical story, including up and to us today. Our faith life is still a journey. Now, where did he learn this simple life concept? Where did Joshua learn this? How did he learn about the simple life? Well, he learned it in the wilderness. He learned it in the wilderness. Joshua was the son of Nun, and Nun was one of the advisors to Moses. And so Joshua grew up in the wilderness, uh, but it's in the wilderness that the people of God are learning to focus on God because they had to. They, they, and, they, and they would mess up. They would mess up. They'd build their own idols, that sort of thing. We'll get to that in the next series. Um, but um, but, but he, he learned some foundational principles. And one of the places he learned the simple life concept of focusing on God is in what the people of Israel called the Shema. The Shema is the most important prayer there is uh, that the people of God say, and they say it every day, multiple times a day, and we get it from Deuteronomy, verse 6, starting with, or chapter 6, starting with verse 4. The word Shema uh, is translated here, and so that's why we see the first word there in this passage is here. And so hearing is a very important part of focusing on God. You've got to uh, cut out all that clutter and noise in order to hear God. And so listen to these beautiful words of the Shema prayer. Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord alone. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Keep these words that I am commanding you today in your heart. Recite them to your children and talk about them when you are at home and when you are away, when you lie down and when you rise. Bind them as a sign on your hand. Fix them as an emblem on your forehead and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. So this was embedded into who Joshua was. And this is a very simple way to approach a relationship with God. It's a very clear way. You want clarity? Love God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and might. You want clarity? Write it on your forehead. You want clarity? Wear your faith on your sleeve. Have some movement. As you wander through this wilderness, stop and say this prayer multiple times a day. You need some direction? Write it on your signposts and your doorposts. Love your God with all your heart, mind, and soul. And so Joshua learned this. It was lifted up to him. He had no other choice. It was taught to him morning, noon, and night. And it leads to him to a very simple faith, a very simple life, a great foundation for that. In fact, today, people of Israel or, or, or Jewish people, people of Jewish faith, um, when they say the Shema in worship or in their homes, they cover their eyes. That, that's one of those dances, right? <laughs> anyway, they cover their eyes like that. I don't know how they cover their eyes. They cover their eyes when they say the prayer. 
And they do that as a reminder to eliminate all the distractions. And again, remember, one of the biggest barriers to the simple life are distractions. And so they say they want to be completely focused on, the, on their Lord when they say the prayer, Lord, you're the only God. I love you with all my heart, mind, and soul. And so they cover their eyes. They're completely focused on God. Do you know who else got the simple life? Jesus. Amen? Jesus got the simple life. In fact, he's going to quote the Shema. The Pharisees try to trick him. They try to test him. They send a lawyer up to Jesus' feet. And they want to ask about, uh, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What do you read there? And he answered, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. Again, Jesus, you know, didn't come to abolish the law. He came to fulfill it. And then he leaves us with this greatest commandment, quoting the Shema and Leviticus together. And he's like, y'all got to quit complicating this. We have to quit complicating this faith. We make something very simple, complicated. Jesus gives us the reminder here because he got the simple life, the simple faith. And he says, just simply love your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength, and with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. That's how simple it can be. And Jesus got the simple life. You know who else got the simple life? John Wesley. John Wesley got the simple life. I won't go into a great deal, but John Wesley knew, he knew that um, the journey was the destination. He followed the Apostle Paul in terms of, in our faith walk, um, we're not quite there yet. It's a lifelong journey. Uh, and in, in relation to the Shema, in relation, relation to the words of Jesus here, John Wesley knew, uh, because he knew what kind of journey he was on, um, that sanctification, being made holy, uh, was a lifelong journey. And the journey was what was important, the destination not so much. And then he would describe entire sanctification. The goal in mind was to be able to have your heart so filled with God and the love of God and your neighbor that you could live out this commandment that Jesus was the greatest. And he says, if you could get to the point where you couldn't help yourself, but you love God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and loved your neighbor as yourself, that was what the journey was all about. And that's what he called sanctification. And so he simplified it. And then he held himself accountable, and he held one another, others accountable as well, and he tried to achieve that in his lifetime. So being sinless wasn't about not making mistakes. It's about loving God with all your heart, mind, and soul, and loving your neighbor as yourself. Well, maybe you might be thinking a couple things right now. First of all, you say, I don't, want, I don't want to know any more about, or I don't want to know anybody else that knows about the simple life because I'm hungry. I just want this sermon to be over. <laughs> more importantly, you might be thinking, well, what's, you know, you've mentioned Joshua. He's a Bible guy. You mentioned Jesus. We can't live up to his standards. And John Wesley was the founder of our movement, so he was a great religious leader. I'm not. You're not. So what's the point? Well, do you know who else got the simple life? I'm going to tell you somebody from our culture today that's not even a religious leader. 
He's a secular leader that goes around talking to Fortune 500 companies. And so you don't have to remember his name, but you can just remember the concepts. His name is Tony Schwartz. And Tony Schwartz goes around and he speaks to these groups about um, trying to simplify their workday and trying to manage energy, not time. He says trying to manage your time is, is the wrong way to go. But I raised him just for fun, really, um, because this is a secular guy that says um, we have four different ways that we can manage energy, four different types of energy. Your physical energy, your emotional energy. So your physical, how healthy are you? Your emotional energy, how happy are you? Your mental energy, how well can you focus on something? Your spiritual energy, why are you doing all this? What is your purpose? And so I raised that because he's going around the country and he's writing books and he's, and he's working with these energies. But doesn't that sound a whole lot like love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and might? I mean, he's ripped off Jesus. He's ripped off the Shema, right? But more importantly, this stuff from the Bible is practical. That's why we want you to read it. That's why we want you to study it. Because it's, it can affect our real life in real ways. And so Jesus knew what he was talking about. Joshua knew what he was doing. The people in the wilderness knew how important this idea of the Shema was. And how simple it was to live out. And going back to these energies that Schwartz talks about. See, we get so, so wrapped up in three of these areas that our fourth is left to last. And it's got to be the other way around. Your physical energy. How many of us spend days and days and days worrying about our physical health, right? I mean, we spend so many hours at the gym. That's why I look like this. <laughs> or maybe our emotional energy. We're all we're all just you know messed up emotionally, and so we have to spend lots and lots and lots of time fixing our emotions. You know, self help or with the you know with self medications and whatever, and spending so many time on our relationships because our emotional energy is all out of whack. Or our mental energy. We do. We spend so much time trying to figure out how is it that we can focus more at work or in play or in school or whatever we're trying to focus on. And so all of our energy is there. And so then that leaves, well, I'll just worry about the spiritual energy for an hour on Sunday. And if we could just flip that, if we could flip that and focus, close our eyes to everything else and focus on loving God with our heart, mind, soul, and might, and loving our neighbor as ourself, how healthy we would be spiritually, and then the other stuff would take care of itself. We'd have remarkable mental, mental energy. We'd have tremendous emotional energy. And we'd have sufficient physical energy. If we would just focus where the God of the wilderness focused and formed his family. If we would just focus where Joshua, who led the people into the promised land, Focus his people on their eyes on the ark. Watch God. If we just focus simply where Jesus said, love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and might, and your neighbor as yourself, and you'll earn eternal life, then not only will those other three be taken care of, the other three don't matter. Amen? Doesn't that sound like a life we want to live? Where the other stuff doesn't matter as much because we're so focused. We have so much clarity on who we are as a person of God. Our identity is wrapped up in being a Christian. That we're making movement because we realize the journey is what's most important. 
that we're aligning everything else based on the idea that we're focused on our spirit first? Isn't that the life we all deserve to live? The simple life really comes down to that. And so Pastor Melissa, I encourage ourselves first and hold each other accountable as we go forward. And we also encourage you and we pray for you that this year might be a little bit different than last year and that it might not be 1957 anymore. But we could all encourage each other to slow down, slow down, and focus on God a little more. Amen? Amen. Amen. Next week when we gather, we'll be spending... And so we encourage you to take those, or if you're going to download them from the website, they're on the website now on the very front page, there's a link, and also on the reading page.